0: Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. Glad you made it. This morning, we're going to continue this series. Title my mind is playing tricks on me. How many of you guys received something last week? I really believe that this series can change a lot of things for the better. Amen? The goal is that when you think better, you will live better. And last week, we did a little troubleshooting, kind of get to the root of some things, why our minds are playing tricks on us and how we can overcome. We came to the conclusion that we need a deliverer because this is above self-help. This is above self-will. This is Jesus' territory. Only He can deliver the soul, which the soul and the mind are interchangeable in scriptures. And I recommend to you to read this book. Switch on your brain. I cannot recommend this book enough. Switch on your brain. Do yourself a huge favor. Invest in your mind, invest in your well being. Read more. Shut off the TV and read more. Stop going on YouTube and read more. Stop going on Instagram and read more. Stop watching the news and read more. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me today, but I'm telling you, this is the key to life is to feed your mind. And I wanna talk about that this morning. And if you like, I don't like to read, well, we live in a day and age where we have audible. You can listen to, to books. Faith comes by hearing, hearing of the Word of God, which means like the Bible was way ahead of time when he said, you know, one day you will have audibles and, and that it's gonna build your faith. And so if you have a hard time reading, you can listen to this thing, and it's going to empower you on your drive. You know, you may have a 20-minute commute. Listen, commute with the Holy Spirit and let Him download more of His will and His purpose over your life. If we're going to clap, let's commit to clapping together. We believe in unity here, so let's try that again. Yes. Awesome. If you have your Bible, I'm going to be in the book of Deuteronomy, which is the fifth book in the Old Testament. There's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 30, two verses today. I'm going to title this message, Key to Life. Tell your neighbor, we found the key. Major key. We the best. Shout out to DJ Callie. This is also above his pay grade um so Deuteronomy chapter 30 if you don't know what I'm talking about just 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 read the Bible uh Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 some y'all are too holy you act like you never heard DJ Cali before um don't be coming into this church and lying Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 but since some of y'all like Christianese I can flip it and be like Jesus is the best Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Here is the word of God. I can be that guy too. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and on earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice. By loving the Lord your God. Obeying Him. And committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to... Life. Your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord's sword to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can you say amen? amen. This is the key to your life. Now... In order for us to fully appreciate God's Word, you have to first understand the original context of the Word. If you don't understand the original context, then you don't know where it's coming from and where it's trying to take you. And so when you read this particular book, you have to understand that God is speaking to the nation of Israel, the group of people that He decided that He was going to use to bring about the revelation of His will on this earth. And that their story is a foreshadow of your story. If you don't read the Bible and personalize it, you miss the point. That's why a lot of people don't see anything tangibly because they just read it, but they don't personalize it. It has to be personalized. This What God was saying to them was a foreshadow of what He wants to say to you today. right? right? And if you look at their history, and if you look at their journey, you see yourself in it. First of all, remember that they were slaves in Egypt right they were in captivity in Egypt and the Bible says that God says I've heard your cry and I'm coming to deliver you I'm coming to set you free remember the word deliverance from last week and so if you're taking notes understand this that there is a f- foreshadow and a metaphor happening here that Egypt is actually a symbol of your sinful nature that you've lived in captivity for so long, that you live thinking a certain way for so long, and then God's saying, I'm coming to rescue you. I'm coming to liberate you. I'm coming to bring the exit. The word exit is the word exit. I'm coming to take you out of this captivity you find yourself in. And, and this man named Moses is only a foreshadow of my son, who is the true liberator, the true deliverer, which is Jesus. Right? And if you pay attention, if you go back to their story, Jesus was already there. There's actually a moment where they were thirsty and in the desert, couldn't find water. And they were fed by this water that came from this rock. And later on, the Apostle Paul would say, that rock was actually Jesus. Which is one of the great mysteries of like Jesus showing up in the Old Testament like we did with the reveal. Are you tracking so far? And so their story, it really is our story. Moses is the foreshadow of Jesus, the deliverer. Right? If you never read the, the, the story, you watch the movie, hopefully, The Prince of Egypt. That's the Bible. That's not Disney. Okay. It's 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 what really happened and with the spin on Disney with the songs, it's really fun, you know. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and so and so here they are being set free from this, this mental captivity. You have to understand this, that when you live as a slave for so long, it develops a certain mindset. There is a mindset that comes with slavery, right? And, and you're like, man, I was never a slave. Uh, I beg to differ. We're going to find this out really quick. That slavery manifests itself not just in the physical, but it manifests itself in the mental, in the spiritual, and in the way that I'm carrying myself. Are you tracking so far? And so they are here. They are in the process of being delivered, and they come face to face with their first obstacle, which is the Red Sea. And they, up the Red Sea, God begins to show, like, let, no, let me show you how powerful I am. He splits the Red Sea, and they go through the Red Sea. Which is, my friends, if you're paying attention, that's a symbol of baptism. You go through the waters to get to the other side of God's will for you. As you're going through the water, He's drowning your enemies and your past, and He's giving you a new present today. This is why I'm telling you, if you said yes to Jesus, take the next step and go through the baptism waters, and we have a tagline that we say, you got to leave it all in the water, right? The old is gone, the new has come, and now they find themselves in the other side of this thing, and and then they get to the desert, and you have to understand, even the desert has his lessons, right? It's in the desert that we learn to trust God. It's in the desert that God now is working on taking that old mindset and replacing it with the new. It's in the desert that God is telling you, here's how you live by faith and not by sight. Here's how your faith can trump your feelings. Here's how my will for your life will really take root if you allow me to be there in the desert. Some of you guys, you might be in the desert now. And a lot of times when we're in the desert seasons, we think God has left us. I'll tell you something, God is never more real in the desert seasons of life. So in the desert, he is, he is building their faith. And he's trying to build them from a slave mindset to now children of God mindset. And my friends, that doesn't happen overnight. That happens over time. Especially when your mind has been conditioned to think a certain way for so long. Are you tracking so far? And then... We get to Deuteronomy, this is God now saying, okay, we, we have gone through some things and we spent some years in the desert. I think you're ready to walk into your promised land, right? And, and the promised land for you today, my friends, is when you now live in that sweet presence of God's will for your life. Yeah. See, a lot of times we equate promised land, we're going to heaven, but if that was true, he would have saved you, and shipped you up. He's saying, oh, now I got some things for us to do together on this earth. And this is where you live in my sweet presence of grace and favor and prosperity and blessings and goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you every single day of your lives. But here is the catch, my friends. They've seen all this. They've gone through all of this. But the battle is this, and this is the battle they faced, and this is the battle we face today, is that even though they've gone through all this, and seen so many miracles, and seen God come through again and again, the battle is that they came out of Egypt, of Egypt was still in them. You know the saying, you can take the kid out of the ghetto, but you, you know the rest. My friends, the battle now is the fact that we have been free, but, but, but our minds haven't caught up to our freedom. The, the, the goal of Christianity is to bridge the gap between what God says about you and what you're still believing about yourself. And and I know the battle sometimes is that you feel like you're so overwhelmed, you can't seem to make progress. And my encouragement for us this morning and through this season is that we're not looking to do, you know, the progress in one day, 100%. I'm saying today, how about we nudge forward 1%. How about we bridge the gap a little bit closer today by truly embracing what God's saying to us about who we truly are. Because the hardest part is to make you believe what God has already said about you. And that's what they struggle with. To the point that they even said at one point, as they were going through this, this desert where God was trying to, to detox their mind, they even said this out loud. They said, we wish we were back in Egypt. Hello. Isn't it crazy that you could be a slave, and now you're in a process of being fully free and delivered, but because you can't stand the test, You think you would be better off going backwards? And before we judge them, how many times have we done that directly or indirectly? We find ourselves kind of backtracking back to Egypt. Because our minds will play tricks on us. That we are free, but we're still thinking that we're slaves. You know, we do the jail ministry. And the director told us that 80% of those who got incarcerated will come back. 80%. Why do you think is that? It's a mindset. They were free, but they didn't know how to live free. And, and, it, and it's sad reality that we see all the time. People will come to church, God will deliver them, but they're still thinking like their old selves. Their mind hasn't caught up to their freedom. That's the goal, is hopefully we can bridge the gap between who God says we are and who we are still believing that we are. Can you say amen? Amen. My friends, you can be saved and still think like a slave. You can go to church for 50 years, but if your mindset doesn't change, you will still act like a slave. And we will justify it with, honestly, false humility. I'm just a sinner. It is what it is. But the problem is, the more we're doing that, the more we're agreeing with the old self. And we're backtracking, and we're not making the progress we're supposed to make. And I want to make it clear today how you need to pinpoint some of the slave mindset that's happening because you can't overcome something that you can't pinpoint. It really, it it comes down to three things. It's number one is living by fear. Because remember, when they're slaves, all they knew was the Egyptians every day bullying them into submission. And for some of us, we have been bullied by depression for so long that we haven't realized that now we have power over depression that we don't have to keep being bullied into going back to it. And that your drug addiction is a bully, but you can overcome that bully because you've been delivered to overcome the bully. Insecurity is a bully. Suicidal thoughts is a bully. So you have to pinpoint, why am I thinking this way? Because that doesn't happen overnight, it happened over time, that you develop this slave mindset. The second thing that you have to understand is because, because of this fear mindset, it leads to low expectations in life. God was in front of them, but they had such low expectations of God and themselves that they couldn't attach what they were seeing with the fact that, hey, we're going to continue making progress here. And when you don't make progress, what happens? You get stuck in a rut. How many of us would say, man, life just feels like I'm stuck in a rut? Like I'm getting up and I find myself stuck in the same, in the same, it is what it is. My friends, the good news is it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Right? Our deliverer, Jesus, the greater Moses said this. He said the truth can set you free. And we all know that quote. We've said it many times. The truth will set you free. You can't handle the truth. The second part is not Jesus. <laughs> the second part, I'm pretty sure, is from a movie. I think Jack Nicholson said that. But we're quoting with confidence. Jesus said you can't ha- No, Jesus didn't say that. He said the truth will set you free. Now, here's the catch, because here's where our Christianese gets the best of us. He said the truth will set you free, but you have to look at the context of what he was saying. He said the truth will set you free when you attach your thoughts and your choices to my teachings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's That's right. If the truth is not attached to the truth giver, then it's just a saying. That's like the, po- the, the positive thing nowadays. People say good vibes only, but you got ask the question, what is that good vibes attached to so they can actually produce good vibes? Because I can wish away all day long. But it has to be attached to a source of good vibes. It has to be attached to the source of peace. Or the source of happiness. Or the source of righteousness. Or the source of prosperity. I can't just say, I don't want to be poor. I need to be attached to the one who can prosper me if I don't want to be poor. Right? He said, yeah, the truth will set you free when you attach your thoughts and your choices to my teachings. Then you will see... The key to life, right? God says here that the key to life is in your choices. Did you know this? All of us right now possess the greatest God-given ability that any human being could have, the ability to make choices. Free will is the greatest gift God has ever given to any of us. You know, we live in a day and age where there's a lot of talk about, you know, who has certain rights and who is entitled and, 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 you know, we live in a society where we look at people from different walks of life and colors and all that. But the good news is this, all of us were born with the same free will. So the, the level of playing field is, 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 is basically even when it comes to choices. Like I cannot choose my circumstances, but I can choose how I respond to them. I can't choose my neighborhood, but I can choose how I respond to my neighborhood. I can't even choose how you treated me, but I can choose how I respond to how you treated me. I have choices to make throughout life. And it's so cool here that he's like, listen, the key here, and my friends, this is one of my passions in life, is to simplify this thing that we've complicated. He said, hey, here's the key, guys. We're about to enter the promised land. And the key to how you're going to be able to live the promised land, because you could be in the promised land, but still have an Egyptian mindset. Like right now, some of y'all, you don't even realize you are in your sweet spot because your mind is telling you you're not. Oh, so oh man. I'm telling you, this, is, this, this will change the game. He said, listen, I'm putting before you life and death, blessings and curses, happiness or misery, but it all comes down to your choices. Like, I've liberated you where you now have a choice. Do you remember school when we, we used to take tests? I don't know about you, but my favorite test was the multiple choices one. Because <laughs> at least there was choices. <laughs> the worst ones were the like blank ones that you're like, it could be anything. <laughs> I mean, la-la land here. It could be it could be anything. But if there's A, B, C, and my favorite, all of the above. Yeah. How many will I go for the all, like, the all, whenever in doubt, all of the above. <laughs> Think about that, right? God has, has told you, hey, it's a test, but i already give you the answers. Imagine a teacher coming around going, hey, uh, it's, it's B. Life or death, choose life. (laughs) And you're like, blessings or cursing? And here's what we do as Christians. I need to pray about this. (laughs) Some things you don't have to pray about. You just have to choose. (laughs) Choose life. Why are we overcomplicating this thing? It's a multiple choice with the answers already included. You don't even have to go get batteries. It's assembled and the batteries are included in this thing. My friends, it's not that difficult. What's difficult is to align my thinking with the new me and who he says I am and stop thinking like I used to think and start choosing like I used to choose. And the power of this thing is this. My friends, you have the power to alter even your DNA with your choices. Because, again, we live in a society where we want to just label people and say, hey, it's a disease. You can't do anything about it. But the good news is science is showing us that by the power of Scripture in us, no, a disease is only a disease. If I allow it to rule my mind and my heart, I can shape my thinking. We need to understand this today, that we are thinking beings. Proverbs 23 says, as a man thinks, so is he. Now, pause there for a second. This is the reason why I'm sitting through this series because I don't want to get too excited. I want us to really work through this stuff. Pause there for a second. As a man thinks, so he is. So which tells me where you are in life right now, you got there by how you're thinking. Let that sink in for a second. Think about all the areas of life. You arrived there by how you think how awesome is that? And how powerful is that? That I have the choice to shape my life with my thinking. Because my thinking leads to my choices, and my choices leads to my actions, and my action leads to my reactions. It's a domino effect. The problem is we don't, we don't stop enough to think about what we're thinking about. And the problem with your brain is, your brain is a computer, right? A computer will just keep running on default mode because your computer is telling you, hey, you have all these choices, but it seems like you're not making any. I'm just going to take what you, what you chose last time. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Think about that. You think all day long. You know, even in your sleep, you're thinking. That's why some of y'all, you you're like, why are these crazy dreams? <laughs> even your dreams are trying to tell you, rewire some things here. Wow. Daytime thinking, you know what daytime thinking is? It's the building process to decisions. Your brain thinks all the time. But your mind tells your brain which way it needs to go. Every day you're building the highways of your thinking. Intentionally or unintentionally. The key is, to do this thing right, you have to be more intentional about choosing your thoughts nighttime thinking is a sorting process. Did you know this? Your brain's like, hey, we got all this stuff we need to think about. Which one do you want to sort through? The problem is, instead of going through that sorting process, what do we do? We say, hey, here's our choice. How about we go to Netflix and just let it cruise? Oh, I'm telling you, this will change the game. Right? He's giving you a chance. He's saying like, let's settle down. Let's sort through some stuff. So we can actually make better choices in the morning because there's, there's some brand new baby cells coming your way where you can actually begin to fire yourself in the right direction because when you're thinking, there's all kinds of blinking lights going on in your head and, and, and it's up to your mind to tell your brain, run with that one. Yeah. Yeah, right. Come on. So depression shows up and says, hey, we're here. And, and if you don't tell your mind, hey, hey, we're not running with that, then your brain's like, oh, we ran with that last week, so we, I, guess, I guess that's where we're going. That's why he says, choose life. So it's like, I gave you the choice. You don't have to keep running with depression. And the cool thing about this is that you don't have to believe everything you think. So on, How many of us get up in the morning and if we're thinking that we feel bad, that's it. We'll feel bad. If we're thinking with stress, oh my God. Instead of telling your brain, whoa, time out. We want to take time here to sort through that. We can sort through that. We have the power to sort through that. We have the choice to sort through that. But what do we do? We just let it run. When you say it is what it is, you told your brain, activate it is what it is. Your mind has the power over your brain, my friends. Your mind lies to you all the time. You know why your mind lies to you all the time? Because you've allowed it to. (laughs) And some lies we like to believe. Isn't it amazing that we don't have conversations anymore, we just want to respond? Because you already told your brain, hey, we're just waiting to respond. Your brain's like, but we need to sort through this information though. This person is saying some things that are really important. You're like, oh, overrule it. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Your brain is the hard drive, but your, but your mind is the software. You have the choice what your brain will think about, right? Now, get this this, this. this might mess you up a little bit, but it's so important. You have the ability to stand outside of yourself and tell your brain what we're going to think about. Picture your brain. Remember Annabelle Lecter? Hello, Clarice. I'm always disappointed. You guys don't watch good movies. I'm just... Picture your brain, right? It's the hardware, but your mind can stand outside the brain and rewire it. That's fascinating, my friends. That's the power that God is saying. Like, I've given you the choice to do that. You know that you can rewire your depression thoughts? You can rewire suicidal thoughts. You can rewire anger. You can rewire frustrations. If you stop long enough, you have the choice to make. And the problem is, depending on how many times you stop to really make the choices, your brain will begin to assume right. Right. that this is where we want to go. That's so good. That is so good. Yeah. Your brain's like, hey, for the last 20 years, man, you thought, I guess this is the way we go. Right. But now, you come face to face with the reality that you are delivered from that. And now you have the power to begin now to rebuild this hardware. It's moldable. That's the good news about science is showing that it's moldable. You know what she said? She said she believes this is her conviction. She's a, she, she's a neuroscientist. She said there's going to come a time where science is going to catch up to this reality. And instead of you, you going to your doctor and instead they're prescribing you Xanax, they're going to say, I prescribe you Proverbs 23, 7. Go read it. Because <laughs> they know it's moldable. Right, you can shape your thinking to the point that they say this This is so powerful. You are not a victim to even your own biology. How awesome is that? Because we will say like, "Hey, my grandmother got a heart attack. It must be coming." no you just told your brain it must be coming and your brain's like okay i guess we're gonna go with that but you can say no no my grandma had an heart attack but i am my own person i don't have to be a victim to my dna i can rewire my dna Well, you don't understand. My family, we're all angry. All we do is scream. Yes, your family was angry. All they did is scream, and that did build a highway in your mind system, in your brain system, but guess what? Now you have the authority to rewire that highway, to say, no, we're not going to blow up every single time things don't go our way, and we're just going to say it is what it is. No, it is what I want it to be. This is so good. Through God's word, you can shape your thoughts. And you can choose life. You can choose blessings. You know, in first service, one of the prayer requests was, you know, I pray I break the poverty mindset. How do you do that? You reshape your brain to know that, wait, I serve a God of prosperity. You know, the other day I heard someone said, don't go to that church. They preach prosperity. Which, I'm like, first of all, we don't preach prosperity, but I receive it because I'd rather (laughs) prosper than be poor hello somebody (laughs) because I don't want to receive anything that God didn't say I should receive God didn't make me to be poor so guess what I'm going to rewire my brain through his word that I'm going to prosper because he said I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you to give you hope and a future come on somebody we're preaching good through God's word I can shape my thoughts so understand this when I, when I fully begin to really grab this because here's the struggle with Christianity when it becomes religion the struggle with Christianity when it becomes religion is that your, your, your brain also knows how to go to default mode yeah. Yeah, yeah. default mode in Christianity is oh I came to church I know the songs I know the offering I know the preaching I know the altar I know the cafe I know it the problem with us is we know too much and we do too little that's that's the problem we know we know we know but here's the thing you know why do i keep reading i keep reading and i love to read because i don't know and the fact that i know is half the battle i need to know and attach my knowing to how i'm going to rewire this thing to think differently and so a lot of times we are our worst enemy because we already think we know they already knew that there's life and death but what is god saying oh choose it Choose it, choose blessings, right, and attach that to my teaching, so we can actually produce something. Sometimes you, you can come to church for the rest of your life and still live like a slave yeah. if you don't apply the word through your thinking process and shape your brain. So this is why I told this guy. I said, "Let's do fearless today," because this is a practical understanding of how this works. The song "Fearless" was inspired by Second Timothy one seven, which says this. It says, "God did not give us a spirit of fear, and timidity, but of love, power, and a sound mind, right? That's the word, right? In other words, how does this work? Well, it works when you realize that, wait a minute, there's some things that God didn't intend for me. Did you know you were only born with two fears? The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Now, here's where we get it wrong. It's not necessarily a fear. It's supposed to be an alarm system. An alarm system is supposed to wake you up to what could happen. It doesn't mean it happened. Mm, that's so good. What happens is we take the alarm system and we make it doctrine. Right. Uh, so oh, this is I don't know if you can understand what I'm trying to get. Uh, we took the alarm system and we ran with it like it's supposed to be the thing. You say, no, I didn't give you fears. I gave you love power and sound mind so you need to go back to your brain and rewire it to not think in terms of fear and low expectations because that's not how i created you to live so think about that right if i have a poverty mindset that's on me you can't help a bird from flying over your head but when he sits on your head and builds a nest if a bird flies over my head, it's like it is what it is. But if he sat down and took his time and built his little nest and made his little eggs and created a family, that was on me. I allowed that to happen. God's like, that was never my intention for a bird to live on your head. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. So I can begin the process of rethinking this stuff, my friends. If I really take it to heart though. Because the problem is, she even mentions it. She said, the problem is, it's Christianese. We say it, but we don't mean it. Yeah. She said, if you don't mean it, your brain doesn't register it. Yeah. But... Your brain only registers the things that you mean. <laughs> you could be here, I'm not standing on fear. I am strong, but you're telling your brain, man, we're so hungry today. We can't, wow. we can't wait to go home oh, uh, pastor's preaching good, but man, I'm kind of tired. And what are you telling your brain? Uh, let's, let's reroute this thing. Oh. It won't work if you don't work it. Why do we start with music? Go study it. Science tells you one of the greatest ways to rewire your brain is through music. That's why we are selective about what we listen to because it's affecting how you're thinking and how you're choosing, how you're behaving. So all day long, a 15-year-old is talking about, you know, swag, drip, whatever, ice, all this stuff. It's like, do you not understand what you're doing to your brain? And did you know this? They say with every negative choice, you're creating brain damage. You thought brain damage only happens when you have a freaky accident, physical? No, he said every day through decisions and choices, you're creating brain damage. But the good news is this, whatever you learn, you can unlearn. And whatever has been there can be undo, and you can create something new. That's why this verse is so powerful. It's not a verse, it's a statement. To say, I refuse to stand on anything that God never told me to stand on and I'm going to take the process now to rebuild the way I think because there's highways in your mind right now but they weren't built overnight they were built over time you can go from here to Florida taking 95 because someone decided let's build a bridge from here to Florida you can build a bridge from here to the success that you want to see in your life to the life that you want to see in your life daily choices are powerful the key to life. I can choose to be depressed or I can speak over that depression. Right. I can choose to be negative. Don't you know this? When you're negative, you're basically creating a highway of negativity. And after a while, they say you study your brain, you see that there's groove patterns you've created with your thoughts. That your brain will go to default mode. It's like, hey, that's, that's what we usually run with. That's why it takes a little time to rethink and re your brain But you have the power to do that by choosing life and blessings on the day-to-day basis. Fears are learned through toxic thinking. And healthy thoughts are learned through healthy thinking. It's all a matter of choice. I have that choice. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do this without the Holy Spirit. I told you, it's not self-will. This is like me and the Holy Spirit. We're doing this. We're rewriting the brain because I know I have the power to do it. I've been set free to do it. I don't have to live in Egypt anymore because I've I've been free to live the life that God created me to live. Listen, it's so powerful that they're doing this in the medical field. I want to prove it to you. Just one example of how this works, even with diseases, right? This is a study done with HIV patients, okay? Watch this. Outstanding research has recently been done by Dr. Gil Ironson a leading mind-body medicine researcher and professor of psychology and psychiatry at the University of Miami. She found out that the most significant factor they made a difference in healing for those with HIV was their choice to believe in a loving God. Especially if they also chose to have a personal relationship with a loving God. Her study ran over four years And her determination of healing was based on the decrease of their viral load and the amount of AIDS virus in a sample of blood and the increased concentration of helper T cells. The higher the concentration, the more the body is able to fight disease. She found out that those who did not believe God, she found out that those who did not believe God, that God loved them, lost helper T cells three times faster. Their viral load also increased three times faster. Their stress levels were higher, with damaging amounts of cortisol flowing. Dr. Aronson summarizes her research by saying, this is a quote, If you believe God loves you, it's an enormously protective factor, even more protective than scoring low for depression or high for optimism. A view of of a loving God is protective, but scoring high on the personalized statement, God loves me, is even stronger. Half the battle is to just believe God. And for some of us, we need to start there. Because all our brains have heard over the years is, you're no good. No one cares about you. No one loves you. But God's saying, oh, I don't create mistakes. I love you. Why do we get in bad relationships? Because we don't know who we are. So we, we allow other people to define us. But when you know who you are in Christ, you will never give yourself away to any relationship because you know I have value. Do you understand today, this morning, that your value is not based on what you did this week? Your value is based on what Jesus did for you. That's your value. That's who you are. The love of God can help rewire your brain. Because you're coming from a place of acceptance already. You're not trying to prove yourself. You are proven. You're not trying to save yourself. You are saved. You're not trying to justify yourself. You are justified. You're not trying to earn a spot. You have earned a spot. (laughs) That changes everything, my friends. If we can believe that God truly loves us. To the point of giving us a son to help us now rethink our lives. My God, the belief that I am who I am by the grace of God, it's not Christian ease. It's how I identify myself. So when I sing these songs, when we say this is how I fight my battles, what you're saying is, brain, we're rewiring things. We're rewiring our thought process. When I say I am fearless... I'm saying to my brain, listen, we're taking new initiatives, yeah. new way of thinking, yeah. new way of going about this thing. And through this, throughout the week, it's going to trip you up because you're so used, there's some groove patterns that have been there for a while, but the Bible says you continue to demolish strongholds yeah. by continuing to pray and worship. Yesterday my son asked me a powerful question. He's 10 years old. He says, Dad, what do you do when you prayed about something you feel bad and you can't shake it? Like, you're 10 years old. When I was 10, I was like, the G.I. Joe's on? <laughs> and I told him, son, you, you, you pray not based on your feelings. You pray based on what God says about you. He says, after you pray, you worship Him. Because what you're doing is you're sending signals to your brain, hey, no, this is the way we're going to go. We're no longer condemned. We're no longer poor as me. No, we're, we're victors in God. We can speak life over ourselves. And I said, then what you do is you begin to say out loud, I know I'm loved. I know he's for me. Why do we memorize scripture? Because we're wiring the brain. I'm telling you, when you memorize scripture, when that issue comes, you know how to fight it. Because if you don't have something to fight it with, your brain will go to default mode. Panic, panic, anxiety, stress, as opposed to you have to have a scripture for everything that you know you fight. That's good. That's it. That's I'm it. telling you, you. You have to have a scripture. Yeah, yeah. This is, understand when Jesus was saying, he said, listen, man does not live a bread alone. He's saying, this is the food for your brain. Yeah. He was saying, oh, this is how I fight my battles. is through the word. So I have God's word memorized in my heart. The first word I've ever memorized, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know why? Because in that same chapter he's saying listen here's how unbelievers live they're worried about what they're going to eat they're worried how they're going to pay their bills but he says no you're a child of god seek me first in my will and all these things shall be added to you so guess what when when the bill comes knocking at the door and says hey this is time to freak out and we say no it's time to believe it's time to seek god in all his will and his purpose Second scripture I've memorized, Romans 12, says this, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies of living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. It's your reasonable act of worship, no longer conforming to the pattern of this world, but being transformed by renewing of your mind. Then you will test and know that the Lord is good, pleasant will is for you. Why? Because the world will always try to squeeze me into its mold. I have to fight back with the Word of God to say, No, I'm going to be transformed by renewing of my mind to know God's will. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, be diligent, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, but that rightly devise the word of truth. Why? Because I said, God, if you're going to call me to ministry, I'm not going to put you to shame. I'm going to be a worker who rightly to the truth. I'm going to be in this thing every single day. I'm not going to make excuses for it. I'm not going to wait for someone to feed me. I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to take advantage of this thing. Yeah. Young people, Psalm 119 says, how does a young man stay pure? By hitting his word in your heart. So I can go to high school and stay pure because God's word is rooted in me. You don't define me. You don't tell me who I am. I know who I am by the grace of God. <laughs> Ephesians 3.5 says, flee all sexual immorality for it is not good for God's people. So what do you do when the whole world is sexualized? Well, you hide God's Word in your heart, and you walk in integrity, you walk in character. It doesn't matter if it's 2 in the morning or 2 in the afternoon. The Word of God is written in me. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything that the Word of God does not say I should do because I'm rewiring my brain to think the way God created me. To think. If we can memorize brain stats, we can memorize the Word. If you know channels by heart, you can know the word. Imagine every day you begin to say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to condition our minds to think the way God created us to think. When fear comes, you say, wait, but you didn't give me a spirit of fear. Love, power, and sound mind is my portion. So I'm going to stand here on love, power, and sound mind until it shapes the way I'm thinking. And sometimes because some things have been so improving in us, some of us, is going to be a focus. Because he said, the more the concentration, the more the breakthrough. Yeah. I leave you with this. Hebrews 11 one says, faith is the substance of things you hope for. In other words, think about it. What you're hoping for becomes a physical manifestation. Think about that. And he it says, it's the evidence of things you don't see. That's why faith is so powerful. Because someone could be in a hospital room with cancer, but they're refusing to embrace the cancer. And the Bible says, even if you don't heal me, you are still God. In other words, listen, I believe in healing, and I believe even if you don't heal me, I'm still who I am in you. I'm telling you, man. That changes the game. Not waiting to go to heaven, bringing it down to me. Bringing it to me. Did a funeral this week. Young man, 29 years old, lost his battle. But you know what's cool? Everyone that talked to me at the funeral, they said, "I want to say thank you for your church." Because we know he's he was different. Said his father said, "I can show you pictures." He, He goes. Before church in Jesus and after Jesus, this kid was radiant. He was excited. And what's cool is that even though he was sick, but after he understood who he was, he didn't let the sickness define him. He always had a great attitude, a focus, a drive about him. We don't have to stand on fear. We don't have to stand on people's opinions. We don't have to stand on the economy. How in the world are we building a church without taking a loan? How are we building a church with no church grants and no government help? Because we said we believe God, and you're going to do this in New Bedford. That's a 1.2 million project. And the poverty in you goes... What's 1.2 million to a God who owns the universe? What is it? I think God was making a statement when he says, when you go to heaven, you will walk on streets of gold. You know why he's saying, the stuff that you worry that you want so bad, you'll walk on it in my house. You'll just walk on it. And you're, and you're telling me we're supposed to be poor? Come on, come on. <laughs> he makes statements with stuff. He says, if I was hungry, would I tell you? God's sarcastic. (laughs) In Psalms, he says, if I was hungry, you think I would tell you? Like, you're going to feed me? I'm God. (laughs) Now, my friends, he's feeding us. And he's saying today, I put before you life and death, blessings and curse. Oh, that you would choose life. Come on. Do you receive it? Stand with me. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.